Hi, I'm Brianne Bennis, and this is No End in Sight, a podcast about life with chronic illness. I'm still behind on transcripts, but I don't have anything new to report there. I still think they're super important, and I'm still slogging away just slowly. My goal is to hire somebody to help over the summer to keep me up to date, because this is getting a little bit untenable. Today, I'm talking to Emily Varnesi about autoimmune disease, dietary interventions, and naturopathic care. When we spoke, Emily was in the middle of the diagnostic process for an autoimmune condition, but had been experimenting with alternative medical treatments for her symptoms for years. I really relate to Emily's story so freaking much. Sometimes I'm amazed at how much of a difference these kind of interventions have made for me, and sometimes I'm frustrated by the wellness industry that claims it can solve absolutely everything when I know that it can't. Healthcare is messy, and managing symptoms can take a lot of trial and error, and I think you folks will really relate to that in this story. Before we start, here's my disclaimer. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure you talk to your practitioner about any questions or symptoms. So, uh, I like to get started by asking people about their health as a kid. All right. Well, my health as a kid, I mean, I think it's hard because you have to kind of go off of what your parents tell you. Yeah. It's hard to remember exactly, but my mom always says I was pretty sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had eight ear infections before I turned one. So I had tubes in my ears at an early age. Um, Basically, if any kid was sick, I was going to catch it always. I had heart surgery at a young age. Um, I was Mm. eight when I had heart surgery. So I think just from the beginning, I've always been struggling medically with something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't really notice it as a pattern or trend until I got older, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think like ear infections when you, for people, you're usually so little that you don't may, probably yeah. notice them or don't realize. I'm guessing you probably took right. a lot of antibiotics and stuff. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've noticed from my current symptoms mm-hmm. and ailments that a lot of those are derived from being on antibiotics so much from a young age. Mm-hmm. And every single year I get sick around the same time and they just pile on the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, getting older and acknowledging kind of that they can do a lot of good, but also do a lot of bad, depending on how often you take them, has been eye opening and then just kind of trying to trace it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's something that I feel like there's a lot more awareness about now than there was even like five years ago, I would say, let alone 10 or 20 years ago. Um, Okay. So, heart surgery at eight, which would also be a big deal. Yes. and then from there, so elementary school and high school, were you pretty functional in it? Pretty, I was functional. I mean, I participated in sports and clubs and everything like that. Um, in high school, the biggest thing I remember, I was really sick for over a month. Um, mm-hmm. And my my dad, especially my stepmom, were always like, you go to school. Like, it doesn't matter how sick you are. It is your job. You go. Mm-hmm. And so I went. And now looking back, like, I think I had mono and had the symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. And I even had teachers who were really concerned that I would seem down or like, and I'm pale, but I was extra pale and just yeah. things like that with them commenting. Yeah. So, so I were- definitely remember that struggle and never being able to get over things quickly. Like other people would be sick for a few days. I was always sick for weeks mm-hmm. before I could kick things. Yeah. Yeah, I also had very bad mono in high school. And you're like, right. oh, God, why is this <laughs> happening? The time of your life where you're like, yeah, you're so tired. I think teenagers are supposed to be tired anyway, but it's like, 
right so it's kind of hard to diagnose it's like you're tired you're moody yeah are you mono or are you yeah yeah Okay, so presumably you either kicked that or got used to it. <laughs> right, or we're still not there. Yeah, yeah something <laughs> happened. Um, so then from there, like, did things change suddenly or gradually, would you say? So my story really, from what I know of, starts about two and a half years ago. So in college, though, it wasn't like my health was up and down, but not really because of antibiotics or being sick like I would get sick and they said I wouldn't take care of myself enough because mm-hmm. I'd always push it I'd still go to the gym I'd still like hang out with my friends or whatever I never would rest mm-hmm. so I think for a long time the narrative was I don't take good enough care of myself mm-hmm. which I think the medical professionals a lot of the time are quick to jump to that and yeah. I've been noticing that more and more um and in college too I was diagnosed with ADD at junior year of college which is super late I feel like in life yeah. be diagnosed with that um, and being put on that medication at the time seems life-changing in a positive way but then as I got older really led to negatives because they didn't really keep up with checking on my liver my kidneys and things like that mm. were you on so, like Ritalin or Adderall Adderall yeah and I had a doctor who would just double it sometimes or up it like if I said it wasn't working he would double so they tried to go from like being on 30 milligrams to 60 and just the toll that that took on my body and having a heart condition um, and anxiety, it just was a over lot. the top, like just really rocked my body, like chest pain, like chronic chest pain, like ending up in the emergency room and not knowing that it was coming from mm-hmm. that medication. Mm-hmm. So that started even before some of the autoimmune symptoms. Mm-hmm. But two and a half years ago, um, we were, went to the Cape to celebrate our one year anniversary. And it was like, as if I just woke up and was different. Mm-hmm. And so the night that it happened, um, I had this really intense chest pain that came on suddenly, like we were in bed and it just hurt like a heart attack and went shooting down my arm. Mm, that would um, be scary. It was absolutely terrifying. And luckily, he's like so calm, my fiance. So he just calmed me down and we got through it. But like, it didn't stop. Like, it kept happening after that. And when we got home, it was as if I had this cold I couldn't kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up having cyanitis, is what they diagnosed me with. And I had cyanitis for eight months. Wow. Okay. Eight months. So, inflammation, yeah. basically, yeah. like idiopathic. Inflammation. Yeah, but it wasn't taken seriously enough and it literally rocked my world. Like, just like couldn't sleep at night, like constantly coughing. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where sometimes I thought I was going to like pass up and not being able to breathe. Like, it was so intense. Um, and on top of that, you know, I had the headaches that came with it. I had just spilled, like, literally felt like I was drowning in my own snot, is mm-hmm. how I would describe it to doctors. Yeah. And on top of that, I was getting this insane chest pain which of course they always associated with the coughing Mm -hmm. Um, and later they decided it was costochondritis which at the time made sense but basically every time it came on it felt like a heart attack and with my you know background with having heart surgery for SVT it was always taken super seriously so I've spent so much money in the emergency room for this chest pain Mm -hmm. that was you know related to the cyanitis and the coughing Mm -hmm. so that went on for eight months and the reason why it did is because I had this doctor at the time who I really should have left sooner 
but I didn't know any better. Like my whole life, my mom worked for DHMC and I grew up going to Dartmouth Hitchcock and it's a fabulous hospital. Like I think they're amazing there. And so I just know the medical world. That's what I know. I never knew about the naturopathic realm at all at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was really dependent on them. And yeah. I, this is my first doctor away from home. Like, so I just kind of stayed with him, if that makes sense. But he mm-hmm. was really not the best. Like he's the one that upped my Adderall medication like crazy, which really should only go up in increments of five milligrams. Mm-hmm. And he also would like listen to my breathing and just be like oh wow I think you have asthma and I'm like yeah of course I have asthma I've had asthma since I well I've been diagnosed with asthma since I was in ninth grade and I've been seeing you for three years like yeah. I don't understand this shouldn't be new um, this should be in my chart like I'm in my 20s now like this is not new yeah um and so he always promised me that he would refer me to an ENT mm-hmm. literally the ENT place was right next to my doctor's office and it took months and it took me going in there on a day I was not scheduled and just making a scene, which is totally not in my comfort zone. But I just was like, I need to fight for me yeah, and to feel well, because this is literally getting to the point where I'm not having the energy to go out and see my friends on Fridays. I'm failing all the time. I'm a teacher. Yeah, I was going to say, are you working? And I'm literally dying. Yeah. Like, I'm tra- I couldn't even read out loud for mm-hmm. the kids because I couldn't catch my breath mm-hmm. that's not normal right and what made me realize my chest pain was so bad was we do mindful moments at school which is deep breathing and I couldn't do it without this intense feeling of pain on my chest mm-hmm. and I felt like I was letting the kids down and I'd have coughing attacks and like be over by the trash like spitting stuff up like it was so embarrassing I'm trying yeah. to lead a group of fourth graders and their teacher can't even yeah normally right it's my second year of teaching mind you so not a ton of years under my belt and this is the version of me that they're getting yeah um so after that I did get to go see the ENT um and we immediately like immediately they always associate it with my asthma well this is all caused from your asthma so I'm put on all these different inhalers um one where you have to rinse your mouth out or you'll get sores like just ridiculous things that I have to do and all these medications like I tried so many antibiotics during that time and I only got worse. Mm-hmm. Like I would get stomach pain from them or I'd break out in hives like, and none of the symptoms improved. So he ended up doing some allergy testing, um, blood work wise, and also the needle pricking that they do on your arms. Um, yeah. And finding out that I'm highly allergic, like a five out of six for dust and dust mites. Ooh. Um, which is huge because I work at a school. Like yeah. You cannot get away from that. And like we lived in a really old apartment at the time. And so I literally, we went home, we bought a new vacuum, we bought all the allergen pillowcases, like spent hundreds of dollars on all this plastic stuff. Like I lived in a plastic bubble, I felt like. Yeah. And I did notice some improvements from that. Mm -hmm. And I found out I'm allergic to maple trees, birch trees, Johnson grass, Bermuda grass, mugwort weed, which is found on so many different foods. Yeah. Unless you cook them. And to me, it was like, all right, well, this is starting to maybe make sense. We can do something about this. Mm-hmm. But I still couldn't stop coughing at night. Um, and my friend Emily suggested essential oils. And those literally changed my life. Like it was the first time I'd ever been able to sleep through the night when I started those. And what and were you doing? Was, I was using um, Melon Luca, Peppermint, um, Breathe. So it's all doTERRA based Mm -hmm. um, and in my diffuser and they just 
helped me breathe. And mm-hmm. if I didn't have them and like lavender, lemon, like if I didn't have them, then I would just start having the cough attacks again. Mm-hmm. So all of that. And then I started taking a nasal spray and Allegra again daily because I did have allergies as a kid, like severe allergies. Like I always was blowing my nose as a kid, always blowing my nose more than the average person. Yeah, I'm like Something that. that embarrassed me as a child. And now I'm like, this is me. I carry tissues everywhere. Like yeah. whatever. I have, um, can I interrupt you? Cause I just remember yeah. this, even though this is like bad hosting protocol. It just reminded me. <laughs> I have like a very vivid memory in high school of I like my nose is always running and I was sneezing and I didn't have tissue and the teacher was like giving a lecture and I asked to go to the restroom and she said no because she was so mad at being interrupted but I was like there is snot coming into my mouth I'm not staying here like I'm 16 years old you can't no I have some dignity no this is like way too old that's not dominating yeah like this isn't appropriate anyway sorry not relevant I can relate though like that's what it feels like just when they're teaching and the tissues are placed at the front of the room where they're teaching you're like you need to get a tissue but I don't want to interrupt the lesson like that anxiety so now as a teacher I have them dispersed all over the room (laughs) and like because I never want a kid to feel insecure or upset about having to need to blow their nose yeah which I feel like I lead by example because I just do it whenever I need to yeah this is a nose-blowing classroom yeah they're like my teacher blows her nose for anyone yeah exactly (laughs) so so you found so you're taking allergy (laughs) medication in the daytime plus um sleeping sleeping with essential oils or just generally diffusing sleeping with essential oils diffusing whenever I felt like necessary but definitely at night like to the point where I traveled with them Mm -hmm. everywhere yeah we're staying over somewhere then it's a necessity for me I felt Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have it, then I would like even just diffuse like a lemon. Like, yeah. you know, it sounds crazy, but anything helps. Yeah. You were like, sense make a difference. Yeah. Right. But even with all of that, my quality of life was still just so much less than what it had been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is funny because now, fast forward where I am now, like I've dealt with a poor quality of life my entire life without realizing it because to me it was my normal. Right. So at that time after that, um, so my fiance's mom has IBS and some other stomach issues that go on. And so she's like, I have this amazing naturopath that I would love to hook you up with. And I was like, all right. And we had talked about it for a long time before I went. So I'd suffered for eight months before I even got to the ENT. Mm-hmm. And then once at the ENT, things had started to improve, but it still didn't feel like me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it felt like everything was just kind of helping the symptoms but not carrying the cause. Yeah. Because that's what medical doctors are great at. They're really good at helping the symptoms, really terrible getting to the root cause and servicing that, mm-hmm. which is why the naturopath is so wonderful because they want to know where does this stem from. Yeah. So I met with this naturopath and she literally looked at me and said, you have like all the makings of an autoimmune disease and we can try to catch it now and hope that it doesn't become an yeah. autoimmune disease, which yeah. made a lot of sense to me because when I ended up in the emergency room, one of the times with my chest pain, I did a bunch of tests. Um, and one of them was an ANA and I came out cuspy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so enough for them to say, Hey, you know, this was a cuspy test, but you know, and one of them was lupus that came up and they're like, but not, not enough for us to pursue. Right. I was like, okay, I literally have never felt like I'm dying so much. I was also having extreme back pain at the time too. Um, and the headaches and everything and all of the cyanide symptoms. 
and my doctor said it was cuspy and in the emergency room they told me that I that they couldn't help me create it in my head they told you been, that yes. it was in your head sure yeah great thank they, you the doctor literally looked at me and said I'm sorry but for what you have we can't help you here Oh, and I can't tell you how many times I've been given lorazepam for anxiety and I'm the first person to own it I have anxiety I struggle with it I've been a worrier my whole life like I run high strung I mean I have ADD it comes with the territory like you're gonna be an anxious person Mm -hmm. and you're gonna be more hyper and all over the place but I just I don't know the the way that they made me feel that particular time at the emergency room will never leave me like it was probably one of the most depressing experiences I had and I felt so misunderstood and like nobody got it and sometimes it even made me feel like maybe I am making this up maybe there is something mentally wrong with me yeah totally and they really made me feel that way because my first doctor before I got the strength and the foresight to leave and the emergency room doctor's really felt like together they were trying to paint it as if I was you know making this up and wanted hysterical yeah like hysterical like wanting to find something wrong with myself like creating it Mm -hmm. um and that's always stuck with me and made me self-conscious almost even talk about it or be honest with how I was feeling yeah because going out to eat and going places with friends was really hard like I didn't have the energy or the ability to breathe Mm -hmm. a lot of the time in a normal way yeah like I couldn't even go outside and do the things that I love to do like missing out on going on hikes with my fiance or missing out on going out to dinner or going out for drinks because like a Friday I would just be wiped and then to seek medical help and be told well it sounds like it's in your head and you're creating it yeah like this isn't that bad like you're making it sound worse than it is yeah you want a problem right and I would and I'm imagine, like, no, I just wanted to feel better. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm sure yeah. with like chest pains and breathing, like lung and chest problems, which I guess are kind of the same, but heart and lung problems, we'll say, like both of those are so um, already tied in with anxiety because it is also true that like mm-hmm. those can, those are affected by anxiety. And so right. when you show up with that, it's even easier for them to be like, no, no, you're on the anxiety path. Right. Like, oh God. And I flipped out. I'll be honest in the yeah. emergency room. Cause I had already gone so many times for this because the because thing is, is I always try not to make a big deal out of it. And I go to urgent care and I'm like, I'm just here just to, you know, dot my eyes and cross my T's to make sure, because I, you know, with SVT, which mm-hmm. I have, I had an ablation and with that, if it's not monitored, it could come back. Mm-hmm. You know, doctors have told me that. So I'm like, Maybe, like, let me just make sure because yeah. this is great. I've never had this pain before. Yeah. Since I was eight, I haven't had any issues. Like, you know, it would make sense. We're almost 20 years down the road. Like, it could be happening. Right. Um, And they would always freak out at urgent care and send me to the emergency room just to then be kind of talked down to yeah. and told that I'm creating it. Yeah. Or I'm wasting their time. It's not an emergency. I'm hysterical. You know, and it doesn't help that I do not do well with needles. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, of course, I have a phobia of that. Like, I call, I try my best, but there are times where I've had to go in the middle of the day because my school nurse sent me because my blood pressure was elevated or things mm-hmm. like that, and I had to go to the emergency room. So I'm also alone. Like, yeah. And so that time, like, when they gave me norazepam, I was like, you are the reason why there are so many stigmas with mental 
health and mental illness issues is what I said. And I just threw it on the bed and left. Yeah. Because I I was done. I'm like, yeah. this is not, I'm not taking it. That Those pills make me drool and pass out. Yeah. I've tried them. They're not for you. They're not for me and they're not helpful. And I mean, I know people are on anxiety meds that do help them, but I have found that the natural route is way better for me with mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah. And I think that's so body yeah. specific. It's like so many people that I talk to run into this issue where they're like, something's wrong with my body. I go, I'm dying, either diagnosed with a mental health issue or kind of written off as one without an official diagnosis, but recommended right. um, mental health medications and mental health medications. Like I've talked to so many people that they help. I believe that they help people. And if it's a physical problem, like they might not be what you need. And that's okay too. Like, God, it's so frustrating. This it is frustrating. So, and the whole idea of like, oh, you came out normal on a blood test. I mean, I can get into that more later on in my journey. Yeah. But just the cuspy thing, like, it really upsets me, and I can explain that later. But I can try to go in order for you. (laughs) Yeah. So you're Um, at the naturopath. So I met the first naturopath. We had that conversation, and I had a good experience with the first one. But one thing that's hard is I do want a duality. I want them to be a naturopath and think about the root causes, you know, and treat the whole body and especially the gut. But I also want them to do some medical tests. I think it needs to be backed by blood work or other things. And she didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So she, I loved the first one in the sense that she was kind of like a therapist, the way she just let me vent about this awful experience (laughs) that I had. And then also... Um, you know, really like letting me know, like she's the first person I met that was like, no, this is real. Like yeah. the things you're feeling, the symptoms you have, they're real, they're valid. Like, I literally cried because I was like, yeah. no one has ever made me feel that way. Yeah, it's so, so it matters so much yeah. to hear that. It does, especially when you're like quietly just suffering. Yeah, like I can't even read aloud to my students. Like just, yeah. like, how am I making that up in my head? I just, right. I don't know. Like I would try to like think about it. I'm like maybe I am, and then I'm like, how? How am I creating these physical ailments? Like and why? And why would I want to? Like I just I didn't understand. Yeah. So what the best thing that she did for me and um, was diagnose me, you know, in a sense with let's look at your allergies. I know that those exist. Okay. Like how can we take the things that you're saying to me and figure out a remedy for you, mm-hmm. which basically look like little sugar pills that dissolve under your tongue, which yeah. all my friends are like, what are you talking? They yeah. don't get so it. And I don't think I do a great job explaining it, but it's yeah. homeopathy. Yeah. yeah. And so sugar we pills tried usually a few. Are. Yeah. <laughs> we tried a few before we got to my, you know, the one that works for me the best and mm-hmm. mine's called Menorinum literally is like a different person like I don't even need to sleep with tissues by my bed anymore that's life in the car it's literally life-changing like I've been like this since like I feel like I came out with a tissue in my hand out of the womb yeah so like this is like huge and I'm not gonna say it's perfect all the time sometimes you know certain things flare it up like with my diet which I can get into later but Mm It was insane. Like I didn't need the diffuser anymore and I couldn't use it because peppermint, especially any mint things offset my remedy. Hmm. I have to be careful, especially if I, and I've noticed if I use, cause I love melon luca. It's like my favorite thing. If I use it regularly, it offsets my remedy. So it is finicky. And like, I don't wear a lot of perfume anymore. Like I wear hardly any. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's changed me in that way. And I have to think about not drinking certain teas um, and we change our toothpaste, but it's so oh, yeah. worth it because one, I can breathe. Two, I'm not filled with snot every day. I'm not choking on my own phlegm. My chest pain started to alleviate a little bit, but it still was coming back at that time. But just the fact that something occurred where one, someone believed in me and two, gave me something that helped I was sold. Yeah, like something changed. Yeah, something just, it was amazing. And And I'm still on it. Still on it to this day. Swear by it. And I don't um, work with her directly anymore because Mm -hmm. after that, she had put me on all these supplements, um, mostly like Juice Plus and stuff like that, which later I found out are filled with soy and other things that are not the best for Mm -hmm. me personally and yeast. Um, and I started bloating Mm -hmm. like crazy. Like I kid you not, I went, I got a new doctor and I went to see her and it's funny with her. Like she is the nicest, sweetest person I've ever met. I don't know if she's the best doctor in the world, but literally anything I say to her, she's like, sure, we'll do that. Like if I go in and I say, I want, can I, can you refer me to this? Can we do this? She's like, yes, anything you want, anything. Yeah. But she does take me seriously and she's very open to homeopathy and naturopathic Mm -hmm. care. So I think it's a win. Just the fact that yeah. she's willing to hear me out and she checks up on me. Yeah. And you can talk about it all. So it's not and like. I can talk about it. Right. And yeah. does she try to put me on antibiotics every time I'm in there? Yeah. But she's <laughs> also okay with the fact that I'm like, no, yeah, no, I'm not going on a steroid again yeah. for an antibiotic. Because yeah. at one point she put me on three different rounds for this horrible ear infection I couldn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, and it never worked. And now I kind of get why. But at the end of the day, like I do have a better doctor mm-hmm. and this naturopath gave me that great remedy, but she couldn't help me with the bloating. Mm-hmm. And she was actually feeding me supplements and things that were contributing to the bloating. Mm-hmm. But when I would go see my regular doctor and walk in, cause I wanted to go bloated, like, and yeah. luckily it lined up that way. To be like, She's here's like, what's happening. six months pregnant. <laughs> Thank you. God. Me- just to put this into perspective, the time that it started getting really bad, I was going wedding dress shopping. <laughs> oh. so you can imagine the horror yeah. that I felt. Not yeah. only do I already struggle sometimes with body image issues, but let's throw a six-month-old belly on this gal yeah. and send her in to pick out a wedding dress for a day that will just be in pictures forever. Yeah. Like lots of photographs. Awful. And it was painful. So my bloating in the beginning was so painful and huge, like just ginormous. Like, and it felt like everything I ate made me bloat. Mm-hmm. So like for the wedding dress shopping day, I ate nothing. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't bloat. But I mean, that doesn't make anyone a nice person. But right. it doesn't really help with the day going better. It was necessary to be able to even have an opportunity to find mm-hmm. yeah. a dress that was going to work. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because it needs to be close to what your size is. Otherwise, you have no idea. Yeah. And it's hard when you're, like, fighting with food. I feel like this comes up a lot where you're like, I think food is important. Sometimes food doesn't like me. I'm trying to find a happy medium. Right. Yeah. And at this – so at this point, I was on an adrenal support um, uh, and some other supplements, mostly juice plus to, like, get more fruit and vegetables because at this time, I wasn't eating – um, a regular amount of fruit and vegetables are the daily servings that you're supposed to have. Did you find you had uh, trouble right. digesting? Like a lot of people have trouble with raw vegetables, for example. Um, 
Not quite at this point. I hadn't really recognized my food allergies mm. um, yet. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. This food's <laughs> been absolutely life-changing for me. Yeah. But I was on like Sinatrol to help with the post-nasal drip. And I was on all these great things. I came off of Adderall, completely cold turkey, best decision I've ever made. That made a huge difference. I was having palpitations to the point where I'd be standing still and it was 125 beats per minute. Yeah, not comfortable. And the cardiologists at the local hospital told me that was normal for my age, which is not true. No. I know it's not. I had heart surgery because my heart rate used to get into the 200s yeah. all by itself sitting still. So I'm like, this is not. And for a while, I was like, maybe it's my normal because my heart has always been faster than others, but it's not because since I came off Adderall, my heart's at like 80, 70 low, you mm-hmm. know, and when I sleep, it gets into the 50s and 60s where before I was sleeping, it would be in the 80s. Wow. Yeah. That's because of the Adderall. That's very high yeah. for yes. your resting yeah. heart rate. Yeah. But they told me I was normal. I, it was really hard and working out again in the high 190s. I'm like, something's got to change. I should be in like the 150, 160 range yeah. for my age. Like, yeah. So coming off of that was awesome. And my first naturopath helped me with that. I came off the extra inhaler. Um, and that's when I really started to oppose taking antibiotics unless it was like a high necessity, mm-hmm. like something really chronic. Um, so after that, I, we had this, my really good friend, Emma, wanted to move over this way. And I said, she could move in with us. And I've always known she had stomach problems, like a lot of stomach problems. And she told me that she has candida, mm-hmm. which is basically like we all have yeast in our gut, but it's too much yeast, a copious amount of yeast in your gut which can cause bloating, uh, stomach discomfort, bowel issues, headaches, fatigue, everything, just yep. lots of bad things. Yep. And so she told me about her naturopath that was just absolutely life-changing because she suffered for five years, found this out, and is almost 10 years in the healing process now. Mm-hmm. And we grew up together, and I always knew she had stomach pain, and she'd always tell me what it was, but you know how it is. Unless you're experiencing it, you kind of like, oh, yeah, well, cool sorry yeah. you know and like Good cool, that's interesting and so I went to see her naturopath um and we went over you know my symptoms and my story kind of like we are now and she's like let's do some blood work and I was like this this is the kind of naturopath I want yeah you know like and she doesn't do um the remedies or anything like that but she was very open to my remedy and making sure that we stayed mm-hmm. with that um and the best thing that she ever did was this 96 food panel. I don't know if you've heard of that. Was it like through Alitas? Yeah, our, mine's from US Biotech. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a food um, sensitivity, like IgG, yes. whatever. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it was absolutely life-changing. Um, so I got that back. We did that test first. Um, and when I got it back, it was crazy. Like the foods that I eat the most often, I was wicked or sensitive to really high um and we did a stool test which showed that i had a lot of yeast Mm. in my gut like a a huge amount like i even have um she was even telling me that i have a certain bacteria in my gut as well that if it gets to the next level it would turn into a lifelong disease so if we didn't start really treating it you know i was on the cusp just like that other naturopath had said without any medical evidence but yeah she was on to something i guess you know Mm -hmm. um and so i immediately you know tried to avoid those foods as best i could and i did but she wanted me to do a half cup of 
um, grains in the morning, a half cup at night, and a half cup of fruit in the morning, and a half cup of fruit later in the day. And the fruit was fine. The grains, so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't do it. Like, just kept having them anyway and having more. But cutting out sugar, I had already noticed a really big difference, and I realized I had been addicted to it for a long time. And my energy level was the first thing that improved from mm-hmm. cutting out sugar and my high sensitivities, which, for example, my highest ones are almonds and pineapple because mm-hmm. I eat them all the time. Since my stomach lining has kind of become permeable, mm-hmm. anything that went through, I'm sensitive to now. Right. And when I go out to eat, you know, I call them allergies because when I say sensitivities, I'm not taken seriously. Mm-hmm. But the response is very similar to an allergic reaction when I have them. Mm-hmm. You know, I get the bloating. I get what I call a rubber band headache. It feels like somebody's like just put something as tight as they could around my head. I get foggy brain. Um, mm-hmm. I even get rashes. Like I get rashes all up and down my legs which they say dermatitis on my toes, up my ankle. Mm-hmm. I have horrible cold chills all the time. I'm always freezing. I get little red bumps everywhere. And my congestion kicks up. Yeah. Very interesting, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I also found out I'm super sensitive to all types of eggs, even duck. Like, I do not discriminate. Like, I don't want it. Um, dairy, gluten, wheat, all of the normal things. Yeah, the usual suspects. She was shocked because I didn't have yeast come up on my sensitivity test which if you have candida typically mm-hmm. you also can't have yeast mm-hmm. so I avoid that regardless just to be careful mm-hmm. um so when I went back to her I was like you know I'm glad that certain things are improving with the fatigue has really improved a lot um but nothing else really had I almost felt worse and this is about when my knee started acting up so my left knee bloats up and fills with fluid yeah. and it gets so stiff all the way up my thigh that I almost can't even bend it or move. And I love to work out. Like I really love Zumba and cardio kickboxing and squats and lunges. And I, I was starting to really impact my ability, my mobility. Mm-hmm. And some days at school, you know, I'd be like limping around and I don't know. And so yeah. it really concerned me because my mom has an autoimmune disease she has spondylitis um and she's also had both of her knees redone Mm. and I have a lot of similar symptoms Mm -hmm. so my first doctor had done like a x-ray test I guess on my back for that Mm -hmm. but my back actually hasn't been hurting at all because I've been seeing this incredible chiropractor who I sought out after the whole cyanitis thing for my back pain since my doctor wouldn't help me at all at the time and that's been life-changing but knowing that this runs in my family and um, they also have rheumatoid arthritis has been hanging over my head, so to speak. Yeah. So I've just been kind of trying more to advocate for myself and to make known that these things run in my family. Yeah, that they're both. Right. Yeah, like genetic possibilities or environmental possibilities or however that works. Exactly. Yeah. And wanting to make sure that it's accounted for because I'm, haven't been taken seriously by medical doctors even though I have the symptoms in the history to mm-hmm. be taken seriously mm-hmm. so in my naturopath I always bring that up to her and so the bloating didn't stop and neither did the chest pain so I was still going to the hospital you know a couple times every few months you know mm-hmm. but once like when um, chest pain flared up basically. The, yes and it could always be 
kind of um, spoken away, like, oh, if you reached weird, like behind you, or if you were did mess up lifting weights, you know, or like anything yeah. like that. And I'm like, all right, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So it always got, you know, masked as costochondritis or like, oh, you've been coughing a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, um, I went to my naturopath. I was like, my test pain's back. Um, the bloating's still happening. And I mean, I was upset with her. Like, I think I cried at the thing because I was like, I thought we were onto something here. You know, like I got this diagnosis of Canada. All I've wanted is to know what's wrong with me. Yeah. I've cut these foods out except for grains. If you remember, I haven't fully been mm-hmm. able to kick that yet. Um, and I'm not getting better because I, I think this far in, you know, I only started seeing her this past October. Okay. So, so I really haven't been seeing her long, like but I, you know, ago. I've been suffering in my mind for a long time. Now listening to this podcast, I'm like, my journey is nothing compared to what some people go through, but, <laughs> but it's, it's complicated. Yeah. To be like, I really need to be a lot more patient, but it's hard when you're the one living it day in and day out and you're 27 years old and you can't do the things your friends do. You can't yeah. drink, you can't stay out late, you know, you can't work out the way you want to. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel I've missed out on the years yeah. sometimes with this because yeah. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. Totally. And so we sit down and she's like, you know what? I think we need to explore SIBO. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, bacteria in your small intestine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's small it's intestine bacterial overgrowth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. S-I-B-O. Some combination. Yeah. Of this, <laughs> Which is horrible to kick. Mm-hmm. But everyone knows that. I think that's ever had it or has been told they might have it. And that's done through a breath test. Which, mind you, I'm paying hundreds of dollars every time I see these naturopaths. Every yeah. visit, As you know, aside. close to three hundred dollars. Every test is 175 or more. Mm-hmm. Each of these ones. But to me, at this point, I'm like, I'm willing to spend whatever it takes. Keep mm-hmm. in mind, I'm a teacher <laughs> yeah. too, so it is not. It's been really hard to balance it. And we had just bought our townhouse. We're getting married. So I had a lot going on and a lot for them to kind of say, well, you're stressed, you know, or you're anxious or this because my life is busy. But I think you could say that about anyone's life. Yeah. So I do the SIBO test and with naturopath, this naturopath, I really think she's fabulous, but she's so busy and her availability is small. So it takes months sometimes to get my results back. To get back in. That would be frustrating. And a lot of times I'll ask them to be mailed to me ahead of time. Um, but with the SIBO one, I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like I know enough about it to start treating myself. I was literally 110% sure this is what I had. I have every symptom. My stomach is like perfect, my chest. So with the chest, <clears throat> it's connected to SIBO a lot because your stomach is sending up this acid and it feels like a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so we started me on Zinlori, which is a pretty strong form of zinc, and then a Rizinate chewable. And I kid you not, as soon as I started that Rizinate, so the Rizinate works instantly. The Zinlori takes about three months to really get in your system. Okay. My chest pain is gone. It's completely dissipated. I haven't had any since we started that. It's yeah. insane. One, I'm off the Adderall, too. Yeah. Right? So but there was you that. have been off for a Two, while. And my still- diet. yes but I was still suffering Mm -hmm. and I'm not taking both inhalers because inhalers also increase your heart rate Mm -hmm. and then on top of that you know we're taking the resonate and the samori so I started that at the same time that I did the take-home test for SIBO so she doesn't know yet that that's working okay 
So I found this amazing person on Instagram, which I will put on this podcast <laughs> because I think anybody who suffers from SIBO should check her out. Her name's Phoebe Lapine. She's fabulous. And she found something that kicked her SIBO in four months. She mm-hmm. also has Hashimoto's. She's had like all this stuff in her gut, like horrible things. And she's so positive and has this great outlook and offers all these wonderful resources. So through her, I was like, you know what? Um, maybe I do have SIBO. Who cares? Like, I'm going to beat this. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I had this plan. I was really excited. Um, and I put myself on the FODMAP diet. Mm-hmm. Since usually when you have SIBO, it's a lot from foods that ferment and you want to avoid them. So I started taking out things like broccoli and literally having a bare bones diet. But I was still eating, you know, sweet potatoes and a couple other things like black beans, onions, things like that. But I took out other aspects. And I noticed, you know, some improvements, but not like huge, nothing to really like, like, wow, this is so worth it. Um, and But I assumed, you know, it takes time. Mm-hmm. So then I went to see my naturopath and she pulls out my results and they all came back negative, like yeah. total zero, like flat lines, <laughs> no zero at all. And I was really upset, to yeah. be honest. Super upset and disappointed because I thought I had the key yeah. to unlock this and be healed yeah especially with this wedding looming over my head I've been gaining weight like and I can't not gain weight mm-hmm. or I stay stagnant and I mean I work out five days a week I'm eating the best I've ever eaten and I have this wedding hanging over my head so to me like that has been really upsetting to me and then the quality of life and missing out I mm-hmm. think are the biggest things so I felt because with the four months, if I could get in four months, I'd be ready for the wedding. I could drink again. I could, like, you know, do all this fun stuff with my friends. Yeah. It was very upsetting to me. Yeah. So then when I met with her, she's like, all right, it's not that. And we had discussed actually doing a Lyme test because of my knee. And I had been seeing, seeing this really wonderful woman named Tina. Um and she's like an RN and massage therapist that started this rapid recovery relief center here in Dover. And she's got orthopedic, uh, orthopedic training. And she had looked at my knee and she's like, you know, it really presents like Lyme. Which to me, I was like, uh, great. <laughs> Fabulous. Sure. Cool. That's what I want. Um, and so when I went back, I was expecting my naturopath to say, okay, SIBO came back negative. Let's look at Lyme. And she didn't. We actually ended up talking about thyroid and adrenal testing. And I found out um, at a funeral for my, my step-grandmother that my aunt has a really, really bad adrenal fatigue and hypothyroidism, as well as my dad's mom has hypothyroidism, which you would think I would know, but we just don't yep. talk about it as much on my dad's side. Yep. Um, yeah, it's easy and so for that I stuff to stay underground kind of so when she said I didn't have SIBO I was like oh that conversation kind of popped in my head and I brought it up and she's like huh she's like I do think that actually would be really worth looking at and she said to me which at first I was very upset about she's like I think you need to start also working on your stress levels yeah and she's like you're producing a lot of cortisol and any way that you can work on your mental health your stress and your anxiety okay (laughs) you know and to me it was like you're saying this to a girl who's been suffering for two and a half years probably longer without realizing that this is not normal yeah um 
who's also getting married in the middle of a possible job change, um, just bought a house. Like, I just felt like the world is piling up and I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. And that's really upset me deeply. Like, I'll be okay about it some days and be really positive, but I do find myself getting in bouts of just feeling really sad that I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Especially recently as I got more tests. But um, so after that happened, um, she set me out to do blood work for my thyroid and also do a spit test. Not a a breath test. It's on spitting, which was really a gross test, honestly. That's the hormone test. Yes. For my adrenals and hormones. Yep. And so um, at that time, I really, I cried. I will be honest. I cried the whole way home because I know it sounds weird, but I wanted to have SIBO because I felt I was prepared for SIBO. Yeah. I felt mentally prepared. I felt educated. I felt strong. Like, I can do this. Yeah. And I always call my fiance, Kevin, after every naturopathic appointment. And typically, I'm upset. Every time I go, it's hard because I always come back with more things that I have to avoid or more tests to do more bills yeah. <laughs> and just a feeling of not knowing and the unknown is more terrifying than I think I ever thought it could be yeah so when I was little you know my mom was dealing with that and taking it on and curing it for me and now it's in my lap and as much as I want my friends and parents to get it, they can't. And they don't walk in my shoes. They can support me and they can love me and they can listen. But at the end of the day, no one gets it. Mm-hmm. And having my friend Emma, who also has Candida, has been wonderful to have a support. But our symptoms are different. Mm-hmm. Like they're not. It's not this one box you fit in yeah. when you have Candida or you have whatever it is that you have. There's so many variants and she's so much further in the process. But her always telling me, like, Emily, it takes time. And I took this many months or this many years for me to feel a change and has helped a lot and put into perspective. But after that visit, I just needed to be sad and yeah. kind of cry the SIBO <laughs> test away. Yeah. So I went back and I did the thyroid and I did the adrenal. Um, and I also decided to get a therapist yeah. because I do take, like, coming from her who has validated me this whole time. And then her saying that to me meant a lot more to me than a medical doctor who didn't take the time to know me, never validated my symptoms. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was like she's right. Yeah. And I started listening to Rachel Hollis, her podcast, um, Rise, and reading her books. Um, and my mental state just changed mm-hmm. so much. Um, and I feel like my stress is so much less. And I feel like more able to like recognize what's anxiety and what's real yeah and I know anxiety is real but like what's my anxiety kicking it up and what's how I really feel about it deep down or like how to put it in perspective Mm -hmm. so I've been doing that like basically hit rock bottom in my mind in December around right after Christmas like didn't get out of bed like really down Mm -hmm. um and after that you know I sought therapy I did the thyroid test I did the adrenals test I saw that naturopath um, and we joined a new gym, which really helped a lot. Um, and I don't know, I just started to feel different. And then I decided, you know what, Emily, like if it is thyroid, if it is adrenal, 
that's autoimmune based. And there's a lot of evidence on both sides of your family that it's autoimmune. Mm -hmm. And the way that your body literally attacks itself and makes fluid build up in your hands, your knees, and like your stomach bloats, like all these things are really clear signs. And especially, you know, like having dermatitis on my toes, like those are all really big symptoms of autoimmune diseases. So I did some research and I found this autoimmune reset diet. And it's supposed to be just for 30 days. Mm -hmm. But basically, you can have a lot more than what I eat on it. But because of my sensitivities to dairy and apples and tomatoes and onion and garlic and all these random things. Oh, I forgot to mention, when I took out sweet potatoes, black beans, and onion based on my naturopath before this diet, stopped bloating at lunch. Mm. I was bloating at lunch every day. (laughs) Yeah, it's all weird puzzle pieces, right? So I listen to this podcast a lot. I've been listening, especially preparing for this. (laughs) But I've noticed a lot of people don't see the benefit in food. And I want to give a different perspective because I solely believe that my journey and my improvements have been one mental with the help of the therapist. But I think it works. So it's working because of the food Mm -hmm. and my body's responding. So I had about a little over a month before my next naturopathic visit. So I started this diet. And basically what it is for me is vegetables, no nightshades, of course, mm-hmm. but lots of salads, um, any protein. I'm not sensitive to any proteins. Woo-woo. Yeah. And stuff. fruit in moderation, but I only have berries. Yeah. Like I tried kiwi. Kiwis make my knee blow up. Like, yeah. And I noticed, and I, and I, this is the first time I've ever truly had zero grains. Yeah. None. Hardest thing I've ever gotten rid of. Yeah. Like I thought sugar would be the hardest, but grains are way harder because I love my nachos. I love like, yeah. You know who doesn't love a good crunch? Yep. Um. No, it's hard. So I did that for thirty days, and it was life changing. Yeah. Like, and upping my magnesium as well at the same time. Headaches like dissipated. Like hardly have any headaches anymore when I keep up with my magnesium. And then I doubled my magnesium at night. My sleeping's been better. So then my fatigue and my energy levels improved even more than they had before. I hardly ever bloat anymore. Mm-hmm. My knee doesn't swell. Like, And if I do end up having something outside my diet, it's crazy. Like I get foggy brain tell. again. Yeah. The headband headache comes back. My knee blows up like a balloon. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. The difference. And so I put myself on that diet with nobody else telling me. I was just honestly at my wit's end. Yeah. With everything that happened, I was at the lowest point. Like, and I'm a very happy, like upbeat person. And I honestly was like, maybe I'm depressed. Like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't go to school for a few days. Like I was so down. Yeah. And like stuff going on personally too. But um, yeah, and going to the diet, I literally for the first time felt there was hope. Yeah. Which sounds sad, but it was the first time. And I told Kevin that every day. I'm like, I can't even believe I'm able to do some of these things or come home and not crash immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really life changing for me. Diet has been huge. And it it literally feels like sometimes I woke up one day and my body's like, yeah, we just don't remember how to process grains. Sorry. They're not for us. You know? They're not for us. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I feel like that's kind of what happened to me Mm -hmm. in a weird way. And I and I can relate because some of the other podcasts I've listened to, they said I went away on vacation and something happened and I've never been the same. And that's kind of exactly what happened 
to me in a lot of ways. And I know it's deeper than that. And it roots way back to my childhood. But it really does feel like that sometimes. Yeah. So then I went back to the naturopath. Um, it's only like a month ago mm-hmm. now. So this is very recent. Like yeah. God, this is this year that I've been noticing. Oh, and the other big things that happened. So before I saw the naturopath, I did 30 days on that diet. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just living that diet. Because yeah. it's been so impactful. Yeah. And I did the magnesium and I did those tests um, and the Zinlori and the Rhizinate all life-changing, I was able to drink and get drunk for the first time. This is big for me at my age and like the norms and whatever. For the first time in over two years, I was able to be drunk and it was glorious. I was so excited and I haven't done it since. I did it one day because I worked hard. I did 30 days of that diet just to try drinking one day, you know, Mm -hmm. and not the only reason why I did it, but no. it just was a benefit. And I, I've only gained weight this whole time or stayed stagnant. Um, and I lost 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I'm like, what is happening? Like, my body's been stuck yeah, for almost three years, bloated. And just like, I lost my muscle tone. Like I was lifting a lot. I had defined arms. I just lost muscle tone, lost tone in my legs. Like it was just weird like everything that started happening I literally felt like I was aging beyond what I'm supposed to like very Um, quickly and so unexpectedly yeah yeah and not able to really name why or how or explain it and like even getting to a point sometimes where we'd be ready to go somewhere and my neck would just stop functioning like a normal neck and I couldn't turn it past my shoulder and it would be in excruciating pain just like Mm -hmm. weird things and doing this reset has just I feel more like myself than I have I think in forever like yeah it's given me more clarity like like something simple for instance this is a really good way to think about it is if there's a song on the radio you know a year or two ago I could sing all the words to the song but I could never tell you who sang it or the name of the song Mm mm-hmm recently like things play and I just I can pull it out of my head yeah and I've always assumed that my uh, my inability to recall names and places and things was because of my ADD that is a symptom Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like I think it's my foggy brain like I've been able to remember things more clearly been able to like participate in conversation and like carry it on and like follow it better Mm -hmm. and it made me realize just how much what I've been going through has been impacting my ability to think like how cloudy you've been yeah yeah just so foggy brain um I don't really have another a really great way to describe the way my head feels it just didn't feel right yeah well I think like I guess it's probably not the same but it's even like when you're a person who needs glasses you just look at the world a lot and that's what it is and then you go and you get your eyes tested and they do that thing you're like oh my god that's so much clearer I didn't know know. (laughs) yeah I didn't know it was foggy but now I see that it could be different and like yeah cognitive function is so hard when you're still mostly living your regular life but like for whatever reason if one day you wake up and you have more you're like oh shit why isn't every day like this right no I totally agree and I think that's what's made me realize that this didn't start two and a half years ago like the symptoms got real bad two and a half years ago yeah but it made me realize I've never felt this clear and it makes me yearn for more clarity yeah that makes sense like 
I don't want to stop fighting. Like I want to feel the best I've ever felt in my whole life mm-hmm. because I think it is possible. But what ended up happening at that time is that I, my knee did end up picking up right before that. And I went to my regular doctor because mm-hmm. I couldn't get into my naturopath yet. because She's booked out usually like months. Um, and so she's like, well, you know, it might be your meniscus. Like, let's do an x-ray, which is hilarious because an x-ray doesn't even look at your meniscus. So I'm not going to pay for that. Um, and she wanted to put me on a steroid and You're like, I'm so done with steroids. But the fact that I had this really bad rash all over my body, which I get every, like, I think I have it every winter mm-hmm. and just thought I was dry skin. I get these little red bumps everywhere. She thought I had strep or, and then when I tested negative, she was really concerned. And I'm like, never even thought this was anything um and I also had my dermatitis spread from my toes all the way up my ankle and leg mm-hmm. which we later found out was because I tried to switch my protein powder that I take every day which is bone broth protein which is amazing for healing your gut yeah who wants to try that I switched it from chocolate to coffee which was detrimental <laughs> it was not for you no it was not a good choice um that's the thing like it changes the way you live you have to literally think so carefully about introducing anything new to your body whether it's a skincare routine hair routine food like you mm-hmm. got to do it one thing at a time and really pay attention to how you feel yeah and I still struggle with that because it's a whole different way mm-hmm. and I'm impulsive I'm you know that's just how I am yeah so I really have to be careful mm-hmm. I went to her in a test which I had done five years ago and was cussy. Well, this time I came back way more positive, I guess. I don't really know the right terminology for it, but enough to concern her to refer me to rheumatology. Mm -hmm. From a high ANA. Yes, which to me was upsetting to know that we could have caught this five years ago and started working on it. Yeah. And the disservice that was done to me Mm -hmm. and – they yearn to go back to any of those doctors and just make a statement, which I will never do. But yeah. I it have, was, it's uh, hard, right? Yeah, I have a very strong opinion or idea that like there needs to be a feedback mechanism for doctors that like, I don't know if it's postcards. It probably isn't postcards. <laughs> but like, postcards. I want to start a nonprofit that will just give people like fill in the blank postcards to send to old doctors. This is the whole vision to send to old doctors. It's like, dear doctor, whoever. You might not remember, but I saw you four years ago and you told me that I was depressed or that nothing was wrong. And I want you to know that those symptoms have escalated and I have been diagnosed with X or even like this X treatment has been helpful for me. Um, I understand that you didn't know, but please keep this in mind for all future patients because that's the part that really matters is like. Yes. Right. And that's why I'm on this podcast, because if I can help one other person yeah. just by sharing my story and things that have worked with for me, then yeah. it's worth it. You know, yeah. and I, I try to share it as much as I can, yeah. even though it is hard to tell it in a nice chronological order. If yeah. I come all over the place, but I'm trying. No, it's OK. I, They're always that's why I think what you're doing is so important because there are millions of people suffering Mm -hmm. and the fact is is if you catch it early you can put it in remission and once it shows up on a blood test or whatever test that they use to acknowledge it it's sometimes too late and I think that's what depresses me and upsets me more than anything is that it's a disservice to every single person who suffers Mm -hmm. because we all should be taken with 100% knowing what our normal is and Mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel normal to us 
why is it a doctor's choice to say, oh no, it is, this is normal. Yeah. Because yeah. we know our bodies and our minds and our spirits better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I just wish it was taken a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And I get there's hypochondriacs and things like that out there, but I think the chances are that there are more people suffering with an autoimmune disease that's going undiagnosed yeah. than a hypochondriac personally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's complicated. And like, I certainly I understand that doctors don't always have all the information. Like, it's also complicated on the other end. But at the end of the day, like, a little bit more empathy could go a long way for a lot of practitioners. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But that positive ANA test for me crushed me. And it was really weird for me because this whole time, if anyone asked, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's autoimmune. You know, my chiropractors told me it's autoimmune. Anyone who suggested Lyme is basically telling me it's autoimmune. You know, all these things, thyroid, autoimmune. The fact we're testing that shows that we're leaning that way. Yeah. But for some reason, getting that positive test, I just, I got it at school and like, it took all of me to get through the day and not cry because now I knew it's forever. Yeah. You're like, I've been working so hard and there's still damage being done. Yeah. And with the diet change and how much it just improved my life, I think I started to think, Maybe it is just Canada and maybe I can beat this on my own through mm-hmm. diet and through all of this. And and I mean, diet is always going to be critical for me because it's not worth it. Like when I have the things outside my diet, I feel like I go a year back. Yeah. You and know, when you notice it symptoms. so quickly. So quickly, like within that 30 days, I felt anew. Yeah. Um, and so the positive DNA I, is yeah. like after your after the reset? Yes. Like you're, you're deep felt. into the diet. Okay. That's what I thought. Just making sure. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the diet mm-hmm. when I had the ANA. Um, and she tested like the other thing that she tested. So celiacs, I've been tested positive for that. But then my stomach, I've had an endoscopy for that. And they're like, oh, it didn't show anything. So you had like, a positive yeah, blood it, it showed test? It, yeah. Positive blood test. And then it showed inflammation. Go. But like that doctor just said, oh, you have IBS. He's horrible. He gives you like two minutes of his time and then sends you on your way. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend him to anyone. Um <laughs> ever. Fair. I would love not to send him a postcard, right? Yeah. Let's get yeah. That going. From the postcard yeah. movement. It's yeah. happening. I will support that a hundred percent. Um and so what's interesting is they redid the celiac test, but I'm pretty sure the celiac test is based on your B twelve levels, right? I don't actually know what the blood test is. I know that the blood test is not like gold standard yeah it's not the best yeah it's complicated so i came back negative mm-hmm. this time and I, I think it is somehow connected to b12 and i'm sure someone can correct me yeah, on that but yeah and i'm sure we could so, look this up i just don't know off i've been taking b12 supplements and i've been taking um calcium and all these things and it was kind of incredible because she did these tests again that i've had done before and they all came back normal where in the past you know i was I have really bad um, nutrient deficiencies, mm-hmm. which is another thing I struggle with. And those two have been back where I'm supposed to be. So those were huge wins yeah. in my eyes from this new naturopath who's mm-hmm. been all about how can we better nourish yeah. your body and get you these nutrients that you don't have. Mm-hmm. So that was good. But that test crushed me because I'm like, this is for life. I have a whole nother road ahead of me of figuring out this diagnosis. And it's really hard to be taken seriously, you know, at 27 with these symptoms. I'm young. They just don't care a lot of the time. Yeah. So I go to my naturopath appointment 
and I tell her about my diet and she's like over the moon. She's so excited. She's like, this is fabulous. Yeah. You know, this has been helping you. Like, I want you to stick with it. Like if it's working and then we go over my thyroid test, which mind you, I had mailed to me ahead of time. So I had a regular doctor look at my thyroid test and they said it was unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go to my naturopath. We have the thyroid test and my adrenals together. I didn't have my adrenals mailed to me ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And my T3 levels were really low, but my regular doctor said, well, if you're sick, they're going to be low. And I'm like, I'm always sick. So yeah. how can we really, that like, doesn't make sense. What does this mean? Yeah. Right. Like I was, okay, whatever. And that's the thing though, is that so often everyone comes up normal. Every single blood test I've ever had done has come back normal until this ANA or my food sensitivities, of course. Mm-hmm. And so she puts them side by side and I was like, they're unremarkable, right? Because like, that's what I've been told. And she's like, she's like, maybe separately to a regular doctor. She's like, together, they tell such an interesting story. So, and this was literally like less than a month ago. She said, for instance, I'll just give numbers. I don't know if these are the real numbers, but on your thyroid level, so say my T3, one of them's really low. And then my T3 free, if, if it's a range from 14 to 25, I'm a 14. If it's a range from like one to five, I'm a 1.2. Like I'm... Mm-hmm barely you're in the lab yeah right and then you look at my adrenals and it was like my curve was decent like in the normal and she said she was even shocked that the lab put me in the normal range because it's hovering right before right above um kind of that low range um and she said you're barely where you need to be mm-hmm. and she's like and i already know that you have a nutrient deficiency she said, and the fact that your adrenals are struggling. And I, I particularly struggle um, towards the end of the day, which she was surprised by because most people would be midday. But I felt like it made sense. Like I really do feel myself crash more so around like five to eight, that area. Mm-hmm. I guess it's better because at least it's near bedtime. Yeah, you like get through the work day. Um, right, but it makes sense. Like I'm just getting through the work day, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and it also makes sense like when I take a later – um, class at the gym you know I do feel myself like have to really focus on motivating and like getting myself up and like let's go and do this so she said with nutrient deficiency and with adrenals being fatigued especially because the cortisol and everything she's like it would make sense that your body is incapable of producing its own t3 which is why your t3 levels are really low and the purpose of t3 is to increase energy motivation and metabolism makes a lot of sense because I really struggled and that 10 pounds that came off I ended up eating off diet got really sick it lasted for it's actually been lasting for almost two weeks like because it also changes my mood Mm -hmm. it makes me more down and like it's crazy this like the food is just been crazy yeah now that you become aware of it yeah and it makes me like feel more upset about things easily like I notice I get down about how I look and my appearance and like I also have the bloating and the uh, water retention and my knee's been bad yeah. because I ate outside the diet. Um, and so it makes sense with my metabolism because I've already put back on most of the weight I lost. And then thinking about the energy, my energy's up and down. And the biggest thing that I've struggled with is my motivation. I'm a Capricorn. I'm extremely driven, motivated. Like that's just how we come by nature. And I always feel bad because our house is like a disaster. And, you know, I feel like it's my job to clean it and keep up with it. But I'm also chasing around 20 plus kids every day and trying to make sure I work out and trying to make sure that I'm eating correctly. And thank God for Kevin. 
who helps clean so much. He does the vacuuming. He does so many things just to support me and help me. And I'm very fortunate for that. But it kind of was like, okay. Because to me, I think of, I'm not doing enough. I'm lazy. I'm not motivated. And I get down on myself. And this kind of was like, well, there's a reason. Yeah. Behind that. Yeah. And that was really interesting to me because um, my family, obviously, there's a history of adrenal fatigue and um, hypothyroidism. And I don't necessarily like, I don't have hypothyroidism, but I have an inability to great T3. So we looked at upping my Zimlori and taking two instead of one a day. So this will take months to see a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and also taking selenium because zinc and selenium are what help your body turn T4 into T3. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going the slow route, <laughs> which is hard. I, you know, we all want those quick fixes, but I do understand better now that everything's connected to the gut. And if I were to pour or whatever it is that the medical doctor would give me to increase my T3, I know it would do more damage than good on my stomach, which I'm trying so hard to heal. So one day maybe I can eat more normally um, like yeah. others. You know, that would be the dream. Yeah. But I've also kind of accepted that this is how it is. And even if I can never, you know, have a piece of chocolate cake or enjoy nachos with everybody, that it's so worth it if it means that I'm going to be able to be there for yeah. the event, even if I have my own food. Yeah. Just to be able to be present and to feel well. Like, because when I don't feel well, I I don't want to go be out in public or interact with people or mm-hmm. I'll burrow around or like hobble with my knee, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's been really wonderful. And that's the most recent thing I found out. And I brought my ANA test too, and she looked at it. And my um, naturopath matched my symptoms and my ANA tests together and chose specific blood tests that align with my symptoms in the autoimmune realm. Mm -hmm. So I just had that blood draw um, this past Friday. And then I'll meet with her a week before my rheumatologist to go over the results. Been there yet. So no, no rheumatologist yet either. No. And then I go see the rheumatologist at the end of April. Mm-hmm. And what my naturopath said is you'll already have all of these really important tests done to bring to her that yeah. match your symptoms. So hopefully you'll get the most out of your visit Yeah. because my naturopath said, honestly, they might not take you seriously because of your age and the fact that some of your symptoms have improved. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, but it's like, yeah, they've improved if I stay on this diet and the second yeah. I don't, it's back to square one. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. But it's been a crazy journey and I'm jealous of anyone who has an incredible team of doctors. I feel I'm still building mine. I have a wonderful chiropractor who is both for mental health and the body. He like clears your bad energies and mm-hmm. you know has helped my back immensely. I have Tina, you know, at the Rapid Recovery Relief Center who does these things with like laser treatments that have helped my chest pain and like, like an given salt rubs. Yeah. an infrared, um, for my knee. And she's actually the one that's having like, um, it's insane what I call hip pain. Mm-hmm. And my chiropractor tried a lot of things to, to ease that and like help it. But she figured out it was my psoas, which is not a muscle that we talk about enough. <laughs> um, and through stretches and actually just adjusting 
the way I sit near my steering wheel, I it's completely gone away. Mm-hmm. And that was a pain where like I couldn't even ride in the car yeah. for very long without needing to stretch or get out or yeah. So she was a great find. Thank yeah. you to my Nana. Shout out to her for finding her. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> and then Dr. Jones is my naturopath now and Dr. Herring and they were just both of them. I mean, Dr. Herring finding my remedy and Dr. Jones helping me so much. Mm-hmm. Um with figuring out my food sensitivities and not just looking at me as a number on a piece of paper and not ignoring something that comes back as normal, but actually looking more deeply into, let's look at these numbers. How normal really are they? How cuspy are you? Yeah. And how can we kind of start treating the cause right now of not being able to make T3 so this doesn't later lead to hypothyroidism? Yeah. Because if you look at statistics, most women are diagnosed in their 30s and older you know, majority of people with hypothyroidism are women. Yeah. And they say you should be tested at 40 no matter what. Yeah. So catching it now, I'm grateful for her because I feel if I had seen her sooner with that ANA test from the beginning, like, you know. Yeah. Who knows? So what I'm up against now is the unknown of what my future is and not knowing what is this autoimmune disease and could it be something that is degenerative and only gets worse and detrimental to me I think that scares me and been working through that because it's still really new yeah um, yeah and I kind of found this podcast um, in the middle of me working on my mental health and doing the autoimmune reset I found this podcast and listening to it it's scary like it's eye-opening but it's also scary to hear what people go through um so I think that unknown is kind of what's looming over my head but I do feel like I'm on mm-hmm. a pretty good path to hopefully figure it out yeah See? It's, <laughs> it's hard it's so hard and I think like one of the things that really strikes me I I'm also a Capricorn and I don't think about it that much but when you were describing <laughs> it I was like oh right yeah that is how I think about these things how like, we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's compartmentalized and also like I want to have a plan for all of it and that's something that yeah. I've been doing a lot less of for the last year But, like, when I first, for me, like, when I first was like, okay, maybe I have candida and that's something that I need to tackle, I was, like, all in on the diet. And then as my energy got better, I was all in on my exercise plan. And it was, like, all of these things that absolutely did help and I absolutely ended up having other stuff going on. But, like, it's – I think something that's hard and, like, talking about therapy is interesting is it when your body starts to, like – not work the way you expect of course you want to have control over it and like this is where those experiments come in because I'm like that too of like okay what can I do and how can I track it and like what can I follow who has instructions for dealing with this and it's like you just part of it's trial and error which is the thing like as I've been talking to more people, you know, you hear so many different stories about both, about like people who have success with traditional medicine, people who have no success with traditional medicine, people who have success with naturopathic medicine, people who have no success with naturopathic medicine. And it's like, God, what, (laughs) what a mess, but you just have to like pick a path and then try it and then adapt. And then you find, you do, you find stuff that helps, Mm -hmm. but it's a process, right? I do think it is about control, though, because when you feel your life is out of control, your body's out of control, your mind's out of control, I think that's why we suffer in the autoimmune realm, because one, no one's listening to us half the time, 
too, our body's doing things that we don't know how to stop it or to help it. And it feels like everything you try is making it worse. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like falling around in the dark. That's mm-hmm. how I felt at least Yeah. with the bloating. Like, like, what is it? Like I'm eating great things, but who knew? Sweet potatoes, bananas, like random things that you would think wouldn't yeah. attack you yeah. or killing me. Yeah. Um, how many things soy is in? That's been crazy. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, as a Capricorn, and I've just always struggled with control. I like to be in control. Mm-hmm. And I am an all-in person. So when I set my mind to something like that is what I'm doing. And it took me a while like, with the Canada like, to accept the diet. Yeah. And I really didn't until I hit rock bottom. Yeah. Because to me, like I hear on here all the time, it's like I have to already give up so much. Yeah. I'm already giving up Friday nights out. I'm already giving up drinking. I'm already giving up sugar. I'm already giving up my ability to do lunges. Like, you know, silly yeah. things that sound silly, but when they're when normal everyday things that you see everyone else doing are stripped from you, those normal everyday things have so much more weight than you ever anticipated. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a huge impact on your mental health. Like, I do think therapy is important when it's not somebody telling you that all your physical symptoms are in your head. Right. But the, like, working through grief, grief for all of the things, all of the little things that you thought you'd be able to do in your 20s or in your 30s. Right. That just don't make sense. Yeah, the therapy's helped me even recognize how much certain things have impacted me, like, I don't know. I think an autoimmune disease, knowing you have one, is terrifying. It's like this looming dark cloud, and you're not sure when it's going to start raining or mm-hmm. not on you because you don't know when your flare-ups are going to happen. You can't always anticipate them. I feel more in control of them with this diet, but that doesn't mean that I'll always have control with the diet. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know what I have and how it's going to play out, and I see how my mom has suffered, mm-hmm. and I think I have that too. Yeah. And I've listened to the stories on here, and it. You know, there's so many different ones. And I think we all hope we don't have the one that's the worst. Yeah. And part of me, I think, hoped it was just celiacs because celiac sucks if that's what you have. But when you compare it to other things, it's like, hey, you know, uh, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. And a lot of people manage it through that. Right. Exactly. And um, so I'm, I'm glad that I know it's autoimmune in the sense that I'm able to now hopefully better build my team which Mm -hmm. has been happening slowly over these two and a half years yeah but I'm still like oh gosh like and and then knowing like I could get a diagnosis and then it could just not be the right one 10 years down the road is kind of scary too yeah that's an Uh, awful thing an awful thing and I hear that on here all the time and someone's like yep thought I had this for 10 years it's like wow yeah I know so I know it is just crazy yeah but I am, I do feel the most hopeful though in my journey now. And I feel I have learned so much about autoimmune disease and about my body. And it forced me to listen to it more because yeah. I'm a pusher. I've just been taught from a young age, you push through how you feel. And like my first year of teaching, I was so sick and I would just go to school and they would have to literally send me home. Or have someone drive me home. Yeah. Where now I take a lot of days and people make comments and I'm like, I put more weight and value on my mental health and my physical health than I do on my job. And because at the end of the day, I need the I need to be able to be mentally and physically strong in order to be my best for the kids. Yeah, it has to be. If I wake up and I know I can't, 
be my best for the kids and I'm not going to go into school. Yeah. And if people are upset about that, then I'm sorry. I still write my sub plans. I still do my best every day that I'm there, but I have to pull back. And mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that my administration has understood that. Yeah, and that's been okay. My so coworkers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there have been times that, you know, maybe a coworker or someone says something, and I've, with the therapy, I've gotten stronger at being able to say, hey, look, it's not because I don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't want to be here and stay after school till six or whatever and support this event. But I know for me that it's going to wear me down. Like if I don't get enough sleep, I just fall apart. Yeah, me too. And I know you, you get it. Yeah. yeah. And it's so important. Like I never valued sleep that much before. Like, yeah, I get sleep, whatever, and I'll push through it. There's no pushing through when it's a bad day. It's it's a bad flare up. Yeah. I think about it now, like even for me, like when I was 25 and working, being like I would go to work hungover. I would go to work, whatever. Yeah. Like I would stay out late all the time. I just do it. And now I'm like, I can barely walk. If I put my body through what I used to put it through, it just doesn't. I can't. Yeah. And that's how it started with me with the alcohol thing Yeah, is that I started getting such bad hangovers. That's how it started getting so sick. And then one day it started where I don't even feel anything. I just instantly get a hangover. Yeah. From just a sip, from even a sip of alcohol, I'll yeah. get like a really bad headache, the wrong kind. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and those things. And it, it is crazy to think back at what I used to do, but this has affected the majority of my 20s yeah. and it bites, honestly, a lot yeah. of the time. And I, I know it's sad that I attribute so much to age and like, oh, everyone does this, but it is hard when your friends want to go out and do stuff or. Yeah. Even if we have a weekend where we're doing something on Friday night and then Saturday morning I've got something and another appointment and then Sunday, like that'll throw off my whole week. Yeah. I've I'm like on a Monday, like sometimes I'll have school and then I want to go to the gym and then I'll have therapy and then I'll have dinner with my friends. And it's like, those are all fun and exciting, great things. But to me, it's like, <gasps> oh my God. to myself. Right. My therapist doesn't even get it. Sometimes she's like thinks of that as anxiety. I'm like, but no, it's like I I think I'm just becoming more aware of what my body can do in a day. Mm-hmm. Even with this great diet, like I still have to be super aware yeah. of what's too much. Yeah. And with my knee, my knee isn't swelling with fluid as much, but it does still hurt sometimes. And like yesterday I wicked overdid it at the gym and I have to just continually get better at listening mm-hmm. to it and that's hard for me because my head's always thinking so it's like silencing your brain and just letting yeah other parts of you be like hey we've had enough yeah and it's like maybe really you simple. don't always need to try for more I've been thinking about that I haven't exercised in like a year and a half or two years probably because of everything but we just joined a gym yeah. and, and I'm like okay I have to figure out how to get an exercise plan in place that isn't going to I'm like a numbers obsessed person and so (laughs) yeah so I know like as soon as I like one I have had pretty bad pots for the last few years so like crazy heart rate out of nowhere so I really don't want to push on that which is fine I'm like ready to do that but I'm like I need to find a way to exercise where I'm not trying to increase my numbers all the time because I get I can't track food for the same reason like I can't track carbs I can't track calories because I go super competitive with myself and lose sight of everything else. So I'm like, right. okay, I have to figure out how to exercise in a way that is good for my body and does not end in me like 
eating myself, like self-sacrificing in the name right. of better numbers. <sighs> no, I can agree with that. And I don't, like, I used to try to track the food, but I don't anymore. Like, I just eat within my diet and yeah. I don't worry about how much I'm having. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me with the weight thing because I did struggle with an eating disorder in college, which is why I think it's still hard. And I think this has been difficult for my family because it's forced me to focus on food Mm -hmm. so much yeah um and it triggered it's a trigger totally and I've done really well with it in the sense that I'm not like hyper obsessing and like counting or anything like that but it's hard for me now with the thyroid stuff and gaining when I'm doing everything right in my eyes like I'm exercising eating well whatever but it's kind of been an interesting spot for my family and I'm grateful because they have been supportive and understanding and they do see, they've seen me suffer from mm-hmm. eating the wrong things out of rest. Going out to eat is awful. Like I try to avoid it um, yeah. as much as I can. And I've been grateful that I've found a couple of places that really are awesome for me. But I think it's also helped my family heal from kind of watching me go through that because now they see me in a more resilient place where I'm using this because it's helping me heal. Yeah. Not because I'm trying to conform to the certain size or weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good in that sense. Yeah. And it's probably the first time in my life I've ever eaten enough vegetables and fruit in my body, yeah, <laughs> which is a bad thing. Um, and that's great because my body doesn't get enough nutrients. So with the supplements and with this diet, I'm hopeful that mm-hmm. it'll help with the nutrients too. Yeah. 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 And that's like, I think that's something that does get talked about, but it's like extremely, when you have a limited diet and like a background Mm -hmm. of a complicated relationship with food, I mean, now like there's more press around orthorexia, which is like in this realm of like, when you get hyper obsessed with good foods, bad foods, Mm -hmm. and then, but when you do have reactions, it's like, God, it's its own landmine I guess it's just all I want to agree with you about right and and Kevin sees it and that's why I'm glad too that my fiance gets it because like we are going to Florida and there's nothing that I can eat that's just on the go and easy Mm -hmm. like there are raw carrots but I have to be really careful because they can make it difficult to make t3 I just found out recently um that a lot of raw types of things can Mm -hmm. like I can have kale but has to be cooked for instance and things like that so I was like, all right, we're going to Florida. I'm 30 days through this reset. Like, I'll just eat some greens. Like, it'll be fine because my naturopath said in the past I could have a half cup, you know. Yeah. And so we're in the car going and I had some and I just for the first time in 30 days went so far backwards, like got the headache, really bad headache, foggy brain, like felt nauseous, like just super sick. Like my stomach started to bloat. I just started sobbing because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've come so far. Why did I do this for this stupid little brain? Yeah. You know, just, but that's the thing is like, it takes so much thought to be prepared for the week for me to eat because so I much have work. to have a smoothie every morning to help heal my gut. And I need, you know, and I have all these pills I'm supposed to take. Like I've been awful at taking my nightly medications and they're awesome for me when I take them. They're great supplements. And I do take one that helps kill off the yeast called my statin. And I've been forgetting each night to take it. And so I set an alarm. But then what if I'm not having dinner at that time? Like, 
it is a lot to remember and I'm not always perfect. But what I tell myself is as long as I'm making an effort, you know, and I'm trying and I don't limit myself. Like I eat as much as I want of the food in my realm. And I would say I probably eat way too many kale chips for a normal person. But to me, like they save my day. Yeah. And I think that's been the hard part with the food though, is I'll find something that's really working great for me and then come to find out I can't have it or it's not great anymore. You know, based on like eating too much of anything will cause its own problem basically. yes exactly like, well, like, you have an oxalate problem coconut. now yeah like, i got myself a little coconut um during this and it became like my treat my dessert and then once i got back that blood test it's like oh coconut's not your friend not like right that's now. part of why you're bloating yeah so i think that's been difficult but i think the pros outweigh the con and mm-hmm. that's what keeps me going yeah. like yeah it stinks i got a prep book every week it stinks i've got a like bring my own food like I made my own Thanksgiving meal this year mm-hmm. I think going to parties or hanging out with friends and everyone's drinking and I'm not I think that's still hard yeah because I people ask me about it and since we're engaged I get asked all the time if I'm pregnant and I also bloat so I'm like no and sometimes it's very tempting just put out a PSA about yeah. it because of the amount I've been asked um yeah just like cards. And that's something that would have crushed me in the past with the whole eating disorder but now I feel like it's it's comical. I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, I bring seltzer. Like, seltzer has been amazing. Like, that is my jam. I drink yeah. it all the time. Um, and it helps, like, me feel like I'm having a beverage with other people. Yeah. And I have a great group of friends who get it, and they try to accommodate me. Um, but it's still not easy, and I think that's going to take time for me to figure out a way to feel comfortable around everybody else drinking and me not. And I totally think that's, like, a generational thing I'm in my 20s and that's why I feel that way yeah and I think as I get older I won't care as much but I just it was shocking for me to go from being able to drink when I want and I've never been a big drinker but you know every few weekends go out with friends to be yeah. stripped from that even having the option um <clears throat> was hard yeah I mean when yeah. I first stopped drinking entirely now I drink sometimes but when I first stopped stopped drinking entirely yeah I brought liquid stevia with me everywhere because like that was okay and it was just like lime seltzer liquid stevia it's almost like having a sprite yes which is, you know, <laughs> a small part of the way to like what I really love which is sour beer that I definitely can't drink ever again <laughs> and I would say like because I first stopped drinking I think I was 28 and I'm 32 now. And even the difference of like more people getting into their 30s is people who don't have health problems, their hangovers just get worse. Like right. drinking does change. Mm-hmm. I am noticing because I do drink socially sometimes now. Sometimes for better or worse, we'll say. But like it's just gotten so much easier because so many other people have other stuff going on. And it's silly because like I also it's like I feel feel silly about it or would feel defensive about it but you're right it's just like being that age when you've lost so many things you just want to be able to do right whatever which is why I think a lot of people don't stick to no gluten or no sugar or whatever because they're like I already had to give up so much like giving up exercise or giving up you know going out with friends or staying out late or doing those things that it's like oh here's another thing I have to give up Mm -hmm. um and I think for me it just like the symptoms far outweighed it. Yeah, officially. yeah. And with drinking, I think if I continue this diet that I should be able to do a little bit with Tito's because it's 
carb free, gluten free, everything free, basically, yeah. other than a little bit of alcohol. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something that I need to like yeah. only do after being very strict on my diet. And yeah. my my one goal is I want to be able to for my bachelorette and my wedding. And if never again, that's okay. Like yeah. I'm like accepting that. Yeah. So like those are my goals. And yeah. I've had to accept like this is my body. It doesn't feel like the body you've had. You your body's gonna gain weight right now. Like that's what it wants to do. And you have to just know like that's where it needs to be right now. Yeah. And that's something I'm still working on, but therapy's definitely helping. And it's your job to take care of it. Like that's yeah. what you get to do. Yeah. And accepting like this is my knee right now. It's gonna blow up the fluid you're gonna have to ice it regularly like it's gonna be super stiff you're not gonna be able to do what you want to do or go as hard as you want to at the gym and that's okay sometimes you might have to sit at school and not walk around because I've always prided myself on like I'm always engaging with the kids I'm always moving around the classroom like I'm not that teacher who just sits at their desk the whole time or like sits in a chair Mm -hmm. but like I've had to just say you know what today because of how you're feeling or your knee or whatever like you're gonna have to sit yeah and that's okay yeah, and it's hard for me because I just don't slow down. Yeah. And it's forced me to because yeah. I associate slowing down with being lazy. And that's another big thing that I've been really trying to retrain my brain. But I think it's it's going to take a while. Just like this whole process has taken a while. Yeah. Um, and somebody, remembering that it's a journey. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said to me recently, and now I forget who, but if you continue to listen to the podcast, you'll find out who whenever yeah. it's released. <laughs> But somebody said to me, they were like, it's really hard to learn. But if you think about it, resting is actually the most productive thing that you can do because like your body is doing stuff while you're resting. I'm like, God, I want to write that everywhere. Like when you rest, you're not doing nothing. Like tattoo it on my body. Like helping your body. Yeah. But look, and that's the thing. I've never been good at relaxing, which is why, you know, this whole time, and I'm sure you've been told too, everyone's like, do yoga it'll change your life it'll cure you yeah I can't do yoga I talk a lot as you can see from the podcast and I just my brain is always going and I'm bad at not so great at relaxing um so for me that wasn't helpful but being able to just like work on recognizing when my body needs a break or just trying to like sit and close my eyes and like release certain tensions um, mm-hmm. or even noticing like if I'm at the gym and I'm doing something and it's not feeling right, just stopping. Yeah. Like those small things of what I've been working on and maybe one day I can figure out a way to do yoga, but like I've tried it. Like I've tried months worth and then yeah. I take a break and I try it again and I just I can't. Like it's I love to you. dance and I love to do all that kind of stuff. And now that I've been able to do it and do it as much as I want to has made me feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, So if the diet then makes me be able to go and like kick butt at Zumba and go to cardio kickboxing and run or whatever, then it's worth it to me. Those are the things that light my heart on fire. And it's made me realize that what lights my heart on fire is what I need to focus on being able to do, not what somebody else thinks I should be doing. Like, not what normal looks like. It's not my thing and that's okay. And yeah, and normal's not going to be my life. Yeah. 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 It's a, it just is. Right. Uh, well, I think we've covered a lot of things. Yeah, covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that's been in your brain that hasn't come up for some reason that you can think of? Um, it's okay if no. 
I think the biggest thing that I want to reiterate on here for anyone who listens is that I really do hope in the future that we see a huge change with healthcare because so many people are being disserviced by not being able to get the medications, treatment, and help that they deserve because their symptoms aren't showing up on a blood test or an x-ray or any type of test. Um, And I really hope that the future of our country focuses on helping everyone because no one should have to suffer the way that so many people do that not only are on this podcast, but in in the world. And we live in such a wonderful place where this shouldn't be an issue. And so I really do hope that in the future that there is some positive change there. Mm -hmm. And I also think that preventative care should be under insurance because I've paid out of pocket for everything for my naturopathic services and that means sometimes paying three hundred fifty dollars on the spot or more um it's expensive it's very expensive. and luckily i've been able to figure it out but no one needs that extra weight when they're just trying to get through the day and hope that they get out of bed yeah. and hope that they can make it to work and hope that they can do the things that they need to do mm-hmm. and so that's the biggest thing that i want out there with this yeah. podcast and that's why i love what you're doing because i do think it's spreading awareness yeah yeah, and thank you. But yeah, it is expensive. It's expensive, and there are so many dead ends because yeah. it's like, I don't have a good expense. I want to say like the Wild West, but I feel like that's a bad <laughs> comparison. But it's like you ha- if you go to a naturopath or a functional medicine, you could, and your story illustrates this, it's like you can go down so many dead ends that you're paying for yeah. out of pocket. And mm-hmm. I do kind of think that's a problem, but it's like when you're main doctor that might be partially covered by insurance has zero suggestions for you like you either go home and wait for it to get worse or you try whatever you can and like sometimes that's very expensive and effective yeah it's also worse yeah yeah no I completely agree and I think that is what happened for me is that with my doctor she was like oh I don't really know what to do for you Mm -hmm. um I could, you could go here, you could go there and could do all these blood tests, which I've ended up doing. But at the time, you know, I was like, well, I don't want to pay for all of those. But at the same time, yes, I'd spent a lot of money on those tests, but I think it's just reassured me because every time I went back to the naturopath, they were never like, oh, we'll just keep trying that and see if it gets better. She's always like, okay, this isn't working. How can we adjust? How can we realign this and go this way? Yeah. So I think that's what's always kept me going is at least I'm never just left in the dark, but it has been a lot of money and a and, lot of time. And I'm doing it too. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. It's I'm 100%. I have an appointment like tomorrow with my naturopath yeah. tomorrow or Tuesday. So I'm doing it too. It's not that. It's just like <laughs> the frustration with the process is really, it really resonates. That, that improves for the future of America yeah. and yeah. the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for talking to me and for sharing your story. And I hope you're you have a bunch of appointments coming up. So I hope that they are helpful and informative, which is you know, like the best outcome. <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 31 of No End in Sight. You can find Emily on Instagram at M-L-A-Y-Y-X-O, which I will spell. It's E-M-L-A-Y-Y-Y-X-O. You can find this show on Instagram at no.n.in.site.pod. And you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Venice B. 
I've got so many more stories to share with you. I think, again, I have 14 or 15 recorded right now. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've been enjoying the show, I would be so grateful if you could share a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people know what to expect. As usual, don't forget that I have a small Facebook group called Chronic Hustlers for people living with chronic conditions who are self-employed. It's quiet but growing, and you'll even find a few podcast guests in the group. And finally, this podcast is supported by my cross-stitch company, Digital Artisanal. When I'm up for it, I make simple modern patterns that you'll actually want to hang in your home. I love to cross-stitch as a way to feel productive during flares when I'm stranded in front of the television. One of these days, I'm going to get to work on some spring and summer patterns. I'd love it if you checked us out at digitalartisanal.com. Thanks for listening.